What's up? This is episode one one four, ground zero. Well, we're talking about struggles at ground zero. Let's do it. One, two, three. Welcome to the Design Your Thinking Podcast, a show where we think, learn, and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day. And now your host, Karthik. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the show. This is a fresh episode on the Design Your Thinking Podcast, and I'm your host, Karthik. Well, if you haven't listened to the show ever before, we talk about products and today is a special one because we are experimenting with a new kind of show format. It's called Ground Zero. Well, as the name says, we are talking to um, entrepreneurs and uh, product co-founders who have started the product companies in the last year or two and we we get up and close with them to understand some of the biggest struggles, uh, challenges, and lessons learned when they are actually building the product ground up. And the reason this uh, show format is very special is because you, my listeners, are people who are actively building products. And a lot of you have asked for real life experiences. And this is a feedback that I've gotten kind of very consistently over the last two to three months, and I thought we should probably do something about it. So there you go. Ground zero is for you. Go listen and let me know what you think, because this is an experimentation that we are running here on on the podcast, and I would love, love to know what you think about it. This interview is going to be streamed across two episodes like we usually do uh, on the show here. And if you think we should uh, bring it together in one show, let me know. And let me know how long you love to listen to such interviews for. Half an hour? 40 minutes? An hour? Let me know. Um, you can you know where to reach me. Now, before we get further with this, um, with this conversation that I'm about to share with you, I really think we should uh, talk about something more important. It's about your product and your struggles. Now, I would love to actually hear from you as to what are your biggest struggles as a product person. You could be an entrepreneur, a product manager, a product designer, head of product, whatever you are. What are your biggest struggles? Let me know. Sign up for my newsletter. Head over to designyourthinking.com slash insider. That's DYT Insider, the newsletter program that I run and I share uh, some of my insights in that email. Just subscribe to that, hit reply, and let me know your biggest struggles. I know you have a lot of struggles and I know you are looking for answers and, and more perspectives. And I would love to hear them. And, well, if you are one of these people who is actively building products uh, in a startup or wherever it is, do hit me up. Let me know if you'd like to share your experience. If it's appropriate for my audience like you, I would really love to have you on the show. All right. Thank you so much for listening in. This is Ground Zero, the first in the experimentation, uh, experimentative uh, you know, episode that I'm running on the show. And I really hope you love it. I can't believe that I'm doing this. Let's get rolling. 
But before we went ahead with the episode, I'd like to introduce you to the Tiny Book of Triggers, a project you know that I've been working on in the recent times. As product managers and designers, we are passionate about our work and always are looking to explore new areas to learn and grow our knowledge, skills, and career. We sometimes pick a book, listen to a podcast, or take up a course uh, in the quest of gaining knowledge. The Tiny Book of Triggers is a tool for product managers and designers to explore new learning opportunities. It's a book that covers 12 topics and has about 120 triggers. These triggers are essentially you know, actions that help you get started with learning something new. The Tiny Book of Triggers gets updated regularly with more triggers compiled from successful practitioners and experts who've been on this show. The goal is to constantly bombard you or give you a supply of more triggers, ideas to help you stay on top of your learning and career goals. To get yourself a copy of the Tiny Book of Triggers, just head over to tinybookoftriggers.com. That's T-I-N-Y-B-O-O-K-O-F-T-R-I-G-G-E-R-S.com. All right, let's jump right back into our conversation here. Before I went ahead and introduced you to our guest today, I wanted to kind of give you a glimpse of what you're going to hear because this is the first time we're doing this episode. What is that you're going to hear across this one and the next episode? Well, we are going to be talking to someone who's a co-founder of an early stage company. They, uh, they have bootstrapped the company uh, you know, amongst themselves, uh, you know, putting in cash from their pockets. And we are going to be exploring topics like uh, you know, how they got started, you know, what kind of um, uh, steps they took to you know, have the MVP that we all talk about out of the door. And we also get into talking about product market fit. Yes, that question that comes up every now and then in, in, the, in this world of uh, products. And also we go on to talk about some of the struggles that they had early on when they uh, got the MVP out and also some of the struggles they had when it comes to uh, actually getting the product, uh, you know, accepted by customers. And also, we go on to talk about other topics like metrics and how and what are the two important metrics they measure today. And further, um, I think we'll do this more towards the next episode is we also go on to talk about some of the marketing strategies that they have used and what's worked for them, what's not worked for them. And, and he also goes on to, to talk about some of the challenges they had when it comes to sales. Yes, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I really personally had a lot of eye-opening experiences here, especially when we talked about this particular product. Now, I don't want to talk about the product and I'd let our guest describe the product and more. All right, our guest today is a co-founder and business development lead at Logbase. They're working on building a cloud-based point-of-sale product called Slick POS that focuses on improving sales for retail stores. All right, let's jump right into this conversation and talk to Saravana, who is a co-founder of Logbase and who's actively spearheading sales and business development and everything to do with customers. Saravana Kumar, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time off building your product. I know it's very, very busy times and thank you so much for being here to share some of your experiences with my listeners today. Uh, thank you, Kartik. Nice to be at your show. 
Awesome. So, Sarna, let's set the stage for a conversation here. Can you give my listeners a very quick, you know, whirlwind tour of what you do at your company and what's the name of your company? What product do you work on? All of that fun stuff before we kind of go deeper into the um, conversation here. Okay. So, so, so our company is called Logbase. So it was founded like three years back. Uh, and uh, the product that we are working on right now is called Slick POS. So it's a cloud-based point of sale that uh, helps uh, retail store owners to improve sales. So that's uh, just about uh, what we are doing. Perfect. And um, yeah. and just to give some perspective here, you are in the early stages of um, your business. So what were you doing before uh, Slick POS came came together or your company was put together so i'll start from the beginning so we are three co-founders uh, myself uh, sarvana kumar mm-hmm. and uh, abhishek and uh, kaushik so we are classmates from our undergrad uh, in phd tech so mm-hmm. back then itself we had a company and we wanted to become entrepreneurs but as you know right we all got good jobs and uh, we left for work mm-hmm. and uh, the la- after seven year like for the next seven years we would start off s- a few things and leave it in the middle that mm-hmm. continued for about as i said seven years and uh, uh three years back we decided that um, um this is what we are passionate about uh let's do it and we quit our jobs mm-hmm. um um abhishek was working for goldman sachs then and uh kaushik wa- was working in netapp in bangalore mm-hmm. and i was working consulting in san francisco so we thought um um let's quit our jobs and um, let's make it happen so mm. that's how our journey started three years back we that's... started with the product for log analysis and uh and obviously failed we didn't pick it off mm-hmm. <laughs> and we pivoted to another product and uh and again it was uh, it didn't take off uh primarily because for our first two ideas failed because we didn't start off by analyzing the customer fit for, for the products mm. or we didn't concentrate on the primary things an entrepreneur should concentrate on mm. so as novices uh, we made those mistakes like everybody for the first, uh, like the first year was a lot of mistakes and a lot of learnings wow um yeah, yeah. it's it's one of the most common things we we do as you yes. know, making products and starting businesses so we'll talk more about it uh, in in the next few minutes uh, but okay. if you had to i mean just to help me uh, kind of get this entire thing together. What were the most significant uh, okay. points uh, along the timeline of building Slick Pause uh, from scratch uh, that you would like to talk about at a very high level, Sarona, to begin okay. with? Okay. So I will probably start off with where uh, the idea started. So mm-hmm. one and a half years back, uh, we started an online cake shop in uh, Coimbatore with, along with another set of friends from college. And uh, that's when we filled our, built our first SaaS product. Uh, it was for managing hyper-local deliveries for our own businesses. And there are a few other businesses that use it today. So it has managed close to 30,000 orders until now in the past one and a half years. Mm-hmm. And uh, post that... Uh, uh, my uh, myself, my family has been into the retail business for the past 35 years. We have a couple of stores too. And uh, with the online cake store too, we opened a couple of stores, uh, physical stores too. So that's when we got into this uh, area of point of sales, uh, analyzing the POS for our requirement. So we saw that there was a huge 
a gap in terms of uh, the usability, the reporting from the data that was available and the customization required for each customer. So that's how the idea for Slick POS was born, that uh, why don't we build something? Because there is a lot of requirement for this all around the world. And if you can build a good product, it's going to sell. So that's how mm. Slick POS was born, uh, six, almost six months back, the idea of uh, building it. And uh, it's been close to four months uh, into development right now. Wow. Um, so this is interesting. So you basically said you started off by looking at uh, online cake uh, delivery and then you you kind yes. of niched yourself further down into just that POS part of it just because you kind of saw that usability and reporting sucked. Now, yes, this is interesting. So um, let Let's let's see. It's been about six months, and you spent four months into development. How do you describe the yes. current state of your product at this moment? So right now, we have built uh, the core POS part of it, uh, where billing uh, billing can be it can be used for billing for any store. Mm. And apart from that, we have the customer data collection part of it done and the basic reporting done. So that's where the product is. Uh, and uh, right now we are working on uh, uh, basic inventory management and uh, our iPad and Android app. Uh, right now it's just a web-based version. So our iPad and Android app uh, is being built uh, as we speak. And uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll be releasing both the inventory management and the, the, the tablet apps along with the mobile apps too. So that is the state of uh, the product as of now. Nice. And uh, what's your market? Uh, is it... Uh India only, or is it beyond India? So, uh, so right now we are focusing on India only because um, customer support is very key for this kind of product because there cannot be any downtime and people have uh, questions all the time initially when they start off. Right. So, where as as a um, as a store owner too, we realize that we cannot go for a product without support at all. So, uh, we are focusing on the Indian market. Uh, right now so that we can provide the best support possible but uh, we do have signups from close to 25 countries uh, so we plan wow. to expand uh, uh, to other countries on a, a gradual basis because uh, we have to set up the right kind of support uh, even if it's going to be or remote uh, we have to have the time zones uh, figured out where we can like probably we'll right. start off with the southeast asia market where it's easier for us uh, to support, then probably think about uh, uh, markets um, like the European market or the US market because the time difference is huge mm. and we ha- need to break to support these customers. We cannot just ask them to sign up and leave them uh, off right. uh, trying to fend for themselves. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, uh, you know, like like I kind of uh, always believe that you have to set yourself uh, up for success. If you kind of yes. don't, you don't have the ecosystem to support it, then you're going to kind of trip trip off at some point so just fall off and you yeah it's not fair to them also right. <laughs> yeah right i mean uh, you're getting me thinking here so sarana uh, talking about success quickly um before we kind of get more deeper into talking about uh, the business you're in the product you're building yes. how do you measure success mm-hmm. for yourself i mean you you are pretty young and you were running a business and you come from a, uh, a family of uh, um, you know, entrepreneurs. So how do you measure yeah. success for yourself? And, and, all, and the second part is, how do you look at it from 
the standpoint of this business that that you're now running okay so for me uh, the success uh, would be to make it uh, viable in terms of economics because mm. we need to pay our employees and even ourselves for us to survive so our first milestone mm. uh, with respect to slick pos to make is make it uh, to make it uh, break even right like uh, right now we are bootstrap we have pumped in our own money mm. but uh, one year down the line we want to be sustainable uh, by ourselves from the revenue uh, that is being generated from slick pos so that is the only uh, metric we have as of now uh, scaling beyond that uh, probably uh, we will like probably we'll have we'll give more thought to that after that point so the first right. agenda for us to is to be economically viable so that would be uh, the success uh, metric for us in for us itself and uh, when it comes to the product and the business uh, uh, i think there are two uh, main problems that uh, we have identified uh, mm-hmm. for retail stores one thing is like uh, uh, the the workforce that we are getting for all these retail stores right even mm-hmm. in in the in case of india near the country mm-hmm. it's mostly unskilled labor so training them on a complex software and getting them used to a new product is it's pretty uh, tough because people leave and they join new people join so right. our first uh, uh, factor uh, for a good product would be making it user friendly so anybody who comes and looks at the product should be able to use it in uh, about 5 5 to 10 minutes max mm-hmm. uh, so that everybody can use it And the second metric uh, we are focused on is to improve sales for these stores because uh, uh, the most important thing for any business out there is sales right so uh, if you can enable our customers to use their data sales and customer data to target customers properly improve customer retention um, then that's what would uh, that that's how we can probably make the business itself successful right. so right now uh, being done on a personal basis where the store owner is there he understands the customers mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he uh, probably services uh, according to the need but that's not the case when the business grows right he cannot be there all the time when he, when, when he, he has more than one store right. so uh, we want our uh, uh, point of sale to aid them with it so that's what we are looking at from a point of say our product perspective nice nice mm-hmm. i i see i see the businessman in you talking about money first how do you personally look at success mm-hmm. sarana um i would say uh, success would be doing something that you really like mm-hmm. so most of the cases when we go to work right uh, a few of us are lucky enough to get into a job that is uh, uh good in terms of uh, what we are doing and uh, mm. the personal satisfaction when we co- come home every day but not any of us uh, are lucky enough uh, to get such a job probably people are doing excel sheet uh, data entry or just testing things like that even though they have a lot of potential right so for me a success for this somebody who's really passionate about what they want to do is to come out probably go through the process of entrepreneurship or what uh, like whatever you might call it they pad following their passion and uh, pro- it 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 usually takes a year or two right to establish yourself mm-hmm. and uh, when you come to a state where um, you're self sustainable i think uh, i would call it a success mm-hmm. i wouldn't call it a success just by quitting a job and starting off what you like because people come out of their job 
do it for six months and just go back. Right. Uh, but uh, success, according to me, is coming out, uh, going through the process and then coming out of it. Uh, you might make millions or probably just 40,000 a month. So if it right. satisfies your needs, that's success for you. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. So essentially long term, think long term and... Um, okay, let's yes. let's go back to uh, to where we started about your business, about your product that you're making specifically. Uh, let's go maybe back six months itself, or even before that. I don't know. Let's talk about the okay. this thing that we call as the MVP, the the minimum viable product. So your co-founder, yes. I mean Abhishek, had uh, described this as a two-month period in his blog that I kind of read um, when we got talking about this. What were the biggest risks you have? kind of looking at staring at uh, unblocking in the first two month period okay so the biggest risk that we saw when we started building the product was uh, finding the market like the customer fit right the, mm. the whatever we had done before the, the first two ideas uh, we had built products that were not probably usable by people mm-hmm. um, that would give reap business benefits. So in this product, uh, since this was whatever we were building at the start was the core product of the point of sale, we wanted to make sure uh, that it's a useful useful product that can be used uh, right away because everybody has their own needs. And uh, when we start building our pro- a product, right, you build whatever is on in your mind most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the reason for most product failures, I see. So the bigger risk we are looking at is not build, uh, building a product that was not usable by anybody. Right. So that was the big, biggest risk uh, that we saw. So was it not finding the people or not finding the the the, the, the kind of needs that they were looking for where where was the problem like, uh, like uh, probably getting the right requirements mm. uh like in terms of uh, how you do your billing and what kind of data is collected during billing right. and uh, what kind of reports uh, would be needed by the stone owners mm. these are simple requirements though but uh, when you look into it uh uh you can you can just be a technical guy and just build out a product that does billing but mm. it might not for anybody right. so you need to make sure it works for the business and it adds value for them uh, it has to reduce some work for them at some point like they're they're spending for two hours in billing on a day probably mm-hmm. if this product reduces to one hour then that's when we are solving a, a problem and they would use it so mm-hmm. if they're going to spend again two hours and doing the same thing mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter right product right. doesn't matter at all so right. that is uh, what we wanted to do nice a product that adds value to them right very true. So, um, if I had to go again back to that six six months back and uh, you know, right into that MVP stage that you were in, where were you guys? I mean, how many of you were there totally? Uh, you are six of you today, I believe. Uh, but then, how many of you were there? How did you? So, you talked about finding the needs and the finding the requirements, uh, so to speak. How did you go about finding that? What was what and what were the options you considered and what worked? Okay, so in terms of requirement gathering, uh, we ourselves had um, prior knowledge on uh, what a point of need uh, sale needs to be in a store because we had already experienced it. Uh, beyond that, what we did was uh, uh, we started talking to people who had retail stores uh, like our friends or friends of friends or mm-hmm. even um, messaging random stores out there, local stores out here mm-hmm. on WhatsApp or SMS. 
uh, we were trying to get as much feedback as possible when we started off mm-hmm. uh, even though we were able to reach out to only a few uh, set of people we, that was our base uh, uh, when we started off then uh, I, th- I think slowly as we started building and people started uh, seeing our product they started giving us feedback so that's how mm-hmm. the product has evolved over six months and um, in terms of team uh, when we started off it was uh, three of us co-founders uh, so I did the business development sales part of it and uh, Abhishek and Kaushik were the primary developers then um, over the six months we have had a uh, we had actually we had an intern during the six months so we hired him after mm-hmm. his internship and uh, we had another employee who was working on another project we shifted him to our product mm-hmm. and uh, now we another part-time employee who has started uh, 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 three weeks back so that's the team composition and that's how the work is being done right now beautiful so uh, you talked about yeah. uh, getting this um, you know you said you talked about the fit the, the product market fit so to speak so have you really I mean do you think you've cracked this mythical product market fit uh, Sarana? So it's. I think it's going to be a journey for us. So uh-huh. right now we see that with our lim- our feature set, uh, the product is uh, good to use on in small food cafes, right? Like any mm-hmm. coffee shops or a cake shop, um, things like that. So it, this this product right now is ideal for uh, use uh, in these type of uh, places. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we have got uh, uh, close to 500 signups until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been th- in this three months. We have got 500 signups from from different uh, verticals like um, fashion boutiques, hardware stores, groceries, or entertainment centers, things like that. So the most, but the most interest has come from fashion boutiques and uh, um, where uh, sellers, apart from the food cafes. And um, the most uh, uh, requested feature has been the inventory and barcode system, which we are building right now. So mm. we believe that uh, uh, we have to uh, go in the direction of the our customers, majority of our customers, because we cannot satisfy everybody. So we feel that um, over the next uh, two months, uh, we will be able to build the core part of the POS that is generic to most of the retail, most uh, generic to the retail industry itself. And uh, I think in two months, we will take a call on which uh, uh, vertical we are going to focus first, which is most probably going to be the restaurant uh, vertical uh, or the fashion boutique and hardware uh, vertical. So these are the two options uh, that we see as of now. And uh, I, I, I guess this is go, what's going to happen in the, after two months. We're oh. going to choose one and just focus on that for the right. tough time before until we make a great product for that vertical. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a journey. So I'm sure you're going to yes. bump into a lot more options and uh, and take one. So You've now been doing uh, business development uh, from day one. So, um, All right, I hope you've been listening to this conversation very carefully and I really, really hope you got to derive some value from uh, from this conversation that you just listened to. And there is a lot more coming in the next episode. Um, you know, we are talking about a lot of interesting things in the next episode about the business, uh, metrics, uh, sales, and a lot of different things that 
these guys have gone through at Logbase. And uh, Saravan actually, you know, goes into details of sharing some of his experiences and learnings in the next episode as well. Now, coming back to what we just spoke, the one thing that really stood out to me is the is the level of user centricity that uh, Saravana and his team have taken in building um, Slick POS. Now, you could argue if they've done it the right way, but I think what really matters is, are you doing it at all? I mean, doing it the right way is next, but they are in the sub-six-month period of launching a new product, and I must say they are doing fantastic. Now, let's talk quickly about why I brought this team on the show. Well, I actually was looking out for uh, an interesting product startup that is actually doing something very relevant to what we face today. And retail and the kind of uh, commoditization of retail is something um, that's prevalent. And I've seen that um, the the way the the smaller grocery stores, especially in this part of the world, in India, is losing its footprint and uh, to larger, bigger uh, players is something that I think is uh, significant enough to talk about. And these guys have, have given the, their everything to go after and help these smaller retailers, retail players. Like he says, some of their users don't even know how to deal with software systems. So it takes a lot of energy and time to understand and uh, understand and do user research around how these people do it. And I, I really uh, think these guys have done a fantastic job so far. Now, how did I bump into them? I was actually reading a blog post written by their co-founder, Abhishek, who actually wrote this uh, article about how they built a startup, a SaaS-based startup for 2.6 lakhs Indian rupees, which is less than 5,000. It's actually 4,100 and something given today's um, currency exchange rate. But then they built a, a, a product ground up with that much of money. They've now gone uh, ahead to hire more people. Uh, they have a six-member team. And this was impressive for me because though we all know that it takes very less uh, to, to get a you know, software startup running today, it takes a lot of uh, focus, in my opinion, to get the right product out. And these guys have seem to have managed to do that. So I really hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. And I'd love to see you back for the next episode with uh, the second part of this conversation, which goes much deeper. And we talk about some of the learnings, specific learnings around sales, marketing, around the product itself. All right. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Do go to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes and hit the subscribe button. I want you to subscribe to this podcast and I would love to see you in the next episode right inside your favorite device. Now, if you're using a non-Apple device, which most of us do, head over to designyourthinking.com slash Stitcher. That's the app. Stitcher is the app where you can uh, go and access this, uh, the podcast as well. Go hit subscribe and leave a rating and review if you have the time. I really would appreciate you doing that. And now, for those of you who are addicted to Facebook or Slack, head over to designyourthinking.com slash messenger. That's designyourthinking.com slash messenger and subscribe to the episodes that will get delivered directly into your Facebook messenger. How cool is that? And yes, you can access the show notes for this episode by heading over to designerthinking.com slash episode 114. That is 
designyourthinking.com slash episode 114. All right, until I see you with the next episode, stay tuned, stay inspired, keep pushing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.designyourthinking.com. 